0: All right, well, if you're ever looking for any of Donald Trump's speeches, you're going to find them right here. We're going to try to pull the audio from as many sources as we can for documentation purposes, so that if you need to, uh, if you would like to listen to President Trump's speeches, you'll probably notice that it's not that easy to now. It's kind of difficult, so... Social media has not been kind to our president. So, um, first, we're going to listen to one on May 25th, 2021. President Trump was interviewed by Newsmax. And during this interview, President Trump discussed running for president in 2024, COVID 19, media censorship, the border crisis, the Biden administration, energy independence, gas prices, and more. Thanks to Newsmax for having Donald Trump on. Like I said, it's hard to find. So I did not even know that, that this one had taken place until now. So go ahead and listen to that, and we'll be back.
1: Mr. President, thank you for sitting down with us. Uh, this experiment of Joe Biden as president, it's only been four months, and in the short four months, America's enduring numerous crises, both abroad and at home. It seems our country is deteriorating very fast, even faster than I would have thought your reaction.
2: Well, it's pretty obvious. You look at what's going to happen is even scarier. The border is a disaster. We had the strongest border we've ever had, and within a month, uh, it became the weakest. And now you have tens of thousands of people flowing into our countries, and many are criminals, frankly, released from jails. In numerous countries, we have people coming in from the Middle East. We have people coming in from everywhere. You go to the airport, you have to show how you're doing. You come through the southern border and you just walk in. We had the strongest southern border ever, and it's very sad to see. Uh, the wall was so important. You know, we built almost 500 miles of wall, and within a month it would have been finished, and they ended it. They ended it. Right. Took two and a half years to get the approvals to do it. I had to go to court. I had to do everything. We got the approvals. And so you have open spots, and it's ridiculous. I hear they're going to close them up, but now it's a big deal with the contractors because those deals were—those those transactions were made. It was all complete. But you look at so many other things, uh, it's very sad to see what's happening. Inflation's going to be a big problem. It's going to drive a lot of things up and down, whichever is worse, because uh, bad things happen with inflation. But you see that happening all over lumber, the cost of lumber, the cost of gasoline. Right. You look at gasoline. What's happened? I was at 287. Uh, was uh, was high. Uh, that's when I got involved. Right. And uh, it was in the threes and a little bit in the fours. And then I got came in and I had it under two dollars. I had it right. for a dollar 87 actually. And when I left, it was under two dollars substantially. And now it's it's going to be hitting four dollars. And that's bigger than any tax increase you can think of, especially for middle income people. So A LOT OF BAD THINGS ARE HAPPENING. I DON'T THINK WE'RE RESPECTED IN THE WORLD RIGHT NOW. Uh, THERE WOULD NEVER MOVES ON TAIWAN BY CHINA. NOW YOU HAVE BOMBERS FLYING OVER TAIWAN. Right. RUSSIA WOULD HAVE NEVER ENCIRCLED UKRAINE LIKE THEY DID. Uh, KIM JONG UN WAS SOMEBODY THAT I HAD A GREAT RELATIONSHIP WITH. WE WEREN'T GOING TO HAVE ANY PROBLEM WITH HIM, IN MY OPINION. AND NOW YOU LOOK AT WHAT'S GOING ON THERE. A LOT OF BAD THINGS ARE HAPPENING.
1: I WANT TO ASK YOU ABOUT THE WUHAN LAB. New reporting this week from The Wall Street Journal about workers there being so sickened as far back as November of 2019 that they were hospitalized. Uh, The corporate media, now the shameful biased corporate media, is starting to come around to recognize that perhaps that is the origin, in fact, of the China virus. Even Dr. Fauci is changing his tune. Do you feel vindicated?
2: Well, I said it right at the beginning. That's where it came from. I think it was obvious to smart people that's where it came from. I have no doubt about it. I had no doubt about it. Uh, I was criticized by the press because China has a lot of people taken care of. They took care of Hunter. They took care of Joe. They took care of everybody, didn't they? And people didn't want to say China. Uh, Usually they blame it on Russia. It's always Russia, Russia, Russia. But I said right at the beginning it came out of Wuhan. And that's where all the deaths were. Also, by the way, when we first heard about this, there were body bags, dead people laying all over Wuhan province. And that's where it happened to be located. So... To me it was very obvious, I said it very strongly and I was criticized and now people are agreeing with me, so that's okay.
1: When it comes to China, the more we learn about their malfeasance regarding the virus and what they knew very early on and lied to the world about, is it important for the United States that we make them pay a real penalty for what they
2: did? Well, we have to be stronger than what we are right now. Right now what's going on is just uh, very unfortunate. Uh, you know, I put massive taxes and tariffs on China. We took in tens of billions of dollars, and they're talking about taking them off. Uh, you look at the military they're building, it's going to be, you know, just so, it's so big what they're doing. And they're doing it with money they take out of the United States. And what I did was incredible with China. We really set them back. And I don't want to set them back. I want to have a, let everybody do well. Uh, our farmers did well. The deal I made with China was incredible for our farmers and for manufacturers and uh, everybody else. And you see that the farmers are doing better than they've ever done because of what's being bought from China. But when the China virus came or COVID came, whatever you want to call it, there are a lot of different names. I won't go into all of them. <laughs> but when they came, Steve, it was a whole different ballgame. When that when that horrible uh, virus flew over the oceans or came however it came in. Remember, I closed our country to China way early, much earlier than Pelosi or anybody wanted it to happen, including Dr. Fauci, who I always got along with pretty well, but I usually did the opposite of what he wanted. <laughs> he said the vaccine would take three to five years and probably wouldn't even happen. Right. And I got it done in less than nine months. I think that's one of the great achievements. And I think another great achievement, I think the best bet ever made was, I bought billions and billions of dollars of vaccine before we knew it worked, before we had it approved, because otherwise we'd be waiting until October of this year. So well, you probably got vaccinated, most people did, a lot of people did, a lot of people are going to, and we have some out there that don't want to, and that's their freedom. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's their freedom. I would recommend that they do it, but that's their freedom. We're very proud of what we've done. but. If you look at the world, I think this could have been another Spanish flu from 1917 where up to 100 million people died. This was going to this was only going to be getting worse and uh the vaccine has just made I I see numbers today are that we're doing better than we have now in here because of the vaccine because people it's stopping it's stopping this plague from spreading and going further. Other countries are behind us uh... we were way early if you remember a very important po- time when this started everybody was saying look at india how well india is doing well they're not doing well look at other countries they talked about france they talked about spain they talked about different countries look how they're doing now even taiwan is being hit very hard but any country that was doing better than us they use that as an example we did an incredible job with this horrible with getting night you getting the ventilators and getting the outfits and the goggles and the masks and all of the things you had to do, we did an incredible job, but they 'd always say the fake news look at India, they used to use India as the biggest because it was a big country, and they were doing fine then, but boy they are they 've gotten hit harder than anybody ever thought possible, but they 'll get better because of the vaccines. The vaccine is the biggest thing that 's happened and uh, second to that would be one of the best bets ever made, and that was the bet of billions and billions, up to $12 billion worth of uh, paraphernalia, but also, you know, for the the bottles, we got the uh, injection apparatus, but most importantly, we got the vaccine, and we bought it early because it takes so long to manufacture. So instead of uh, having one now, people would be getting, you'd start the process on October 1st, So that was a great bet that saved possibly, you know, tens of millions of lives worldwide.
1: Mr. President, you mentioned gasoline, and uh, the specific uh, statistics are on election day. It was 2.20 a gallon national average, according to the Department of Energy. Right now, it's 3.11. That's a massive move, incredibly quickly since election day. Uh, I want to ask you about inflation, though, more broadly, because you did business in the 1970s, the last time the U.S. saw really aggressive inflation. A lot of people, if they're young, have never operated in that kind of environment in America. Uh, What does this portend for Americans? This new Biden inflation spike?
2: Well, it's going to be ugly. Uh, when you look at the cost of a house, uh, just the materials for a house, it's up 30 or 40 percent in the last few months, uh, especially lumber. Lumber, they say you can't even get it. Uh, perhaps they're closing down all their forests for environmental reasons. I disagreed with that. I said, let's buy our lumber from ourselves. So we go to Canada, and Canada's a very good, they are very good negotiators in Canada. I did the USMCA, which was one of the great achievements because NAFTA was so bad. It was so horrible. Worst trade deal ever made, although the deals they made with China were pretty bad, too, I will tell you that. But uh, the worst trade deal ever made, and I got it done. So we have a great trade deal now, but they close up forests. They don't want to take down any trees, so we end up buying them from other countries, and the lumber's gone through the roof. The lumber, I guess, as much as anything, but everything, steel. YOU LOOK AT WHAT'S GOING ON WITH PRICING, AND OBVIOUSLY YOU'RE GOING TO HAVE INFLATION. Uh, GASOLINE IS GOING TO STOP AT SIX, SEVEN DOLLARS, I THINK, uh, BASED ON WHAT I'M SEEING. WE WERE ENERGY INDEPENDENT WHEN I LEFT, AND RIGHT NOW I WOULD HAVE TO SAY WE ARE NO LONGER ENERGY INDEPENDENT. WE'RE PUTTING WINDMILLS ALL OVER THE PLACE, WHICH costs A FORTUNE. WHICH BY THE WAY, IF YOU'RE A BELIEVER IN THE CARBON FOOTPRINT AND ALL OF THE OTHER THINGS, WHEN THEY MAKE THESE WINDMILLS, WHICH ARE ALL MADE IN CHINA AND GERMANY, BY THE WAY, THEY'RE ALL MADE IN CHINA, GERMANY, WE DON'T DO THEM HERE. THEY PUT THEM TOGETHER, WE PUT THEM TOGETHER HERE, WE DON'T MAKE THEM HERE. Uh, WHAT GOES INTO THE AIR WHEN THEY MAKE THEM IS MORE THAN ANYTHING THAT CAN EVER BE SAVED WHILE WE'RE HERE. IF YOU'RE A BELIEVER IN THAT, OKAY, SOME PEOPLE AREN'T, SOME PEOPLE AREN'T. BUT WE HAVE WINDMILLS ALL OVER THE PLACE, THEY RUIN THE ENVIRONMENT, THEY KILL THE BIRDS, AND THEY COST A FORTUNE. WE HAVE NATURAL GAS, costs US nothing actually nothing they burn it off when you're looking at all of the those flames on top of the wells that's natural gas that they burn off they throw away and we have it for nothing other countries don't have that we have it for nothing the richest in the world and we want to give that away for windmills you look at some of these beautiful farms where they have windmills all over the place and you look at these incredible landscapes and now they're putting them in parts of Massachusetts where a lot of people aren't so happy about it and uh, has a lot of negative impacts. I'm not a big fan of wind. It's very, very expensive. You see what happened in Texas where they actually froze up on them. Right. Got a little cold and they froze. Now, we have tremendous resources and uh, solar is going to get better, but it's very expensive right now. Wind has a place, but it's got a much smaller place they, they're, what they're doing. You put them in industrial areas maybe, but to put them all over these incredible landscapes of our country, they're destroying our country.
1: Sure. I think that Texas situation was a wake-up call for a lot of people if it could happen in energy-rich Texas, right?
2: Well, especially in Texas because they have so much, and it's for nothing. I mean, they literally are burning it off. It costs nothing. Somebody was giving me an analogy that uh, natural gas is one cent per, however they measure it. Wind is 50 cents and 55 cents. Solar is 56 cents So here we have it for one cent, but it's probably almost nothing. Delivery is probably the biggest thing. We have it. It's there. It's a natural byproduct. We have it. Wind is so much more expensive. Sure. And remember this, when those windmills, after 10 years, have to be replaced, and they start to rust and rot, and you go out to Palm Springs, California, and you take a look at those wind farms out there, they they look like junkyards. It's really a terrible thing, and uh, somebody led this country. I had it slowed down, but now they're really gearing up to do a lot of wind, and that's not a good thing.
1: Now, staying on this broad topic of the economy, I want to ask you about big business and specifically big tech, because a lot of these firms, I would say most of these firms, they are globalists and they don't really view themselves as American companies anymore. They abuse American workers, they attack uh, our values. Was it a miss when we had both houses of Congress and you were in the White House? Was it a miss to not more aggressively confront big tech?
2: Well, Section 230 could have been done, something could have been done, but something is happening now that's great. Uh, Florida, Ron Texas what they're doing is incredible. They're putting very very powerful restrictions on big tech. Now when you add Florida and you add what Greg Abbott's doing in Texas and and the others and a lot of people together and you look at other states, big states and small states, doesn't matter you add them all up they're not going to be able to function unless they become reasonable. So they're basically doing what the federal government will never do. They will never do it. They're they're taken care of very nicely the other side the Democrats. Uh some of the people uh, Marcia Blackburn and and uh Josh Hawley and others they're really fighting hard but they're fighting a battle against uh, a group of people that just aren't going to do it. That's the Democrats. So what's happening is the big states are coming out Florida, Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott in particular, those two governors have done an incredible job. I hear in South Dakota they're doing it. I hear in uh, maybe eight or nine different states they're doing it. That'll do it because I don't know how you can, you know, you're not going to lose Florida. They can't lose Florida, Texas, and some of these big states. They're going to have to make changes. So I think they can do what the federal government hasn't done, and it gives people like me... And others that have been very illegally treated, it gives us the right to bring major lawsuits. When Facebook went to their so called Supreme Court, their Supreme Court didn't want anything to do with banning me. Right. They went back, they said, What are you doing? What are you doing this to us for? You make the decision, which was pretty amazing when you think of it, considering everybody was hand picked, right? So uh, it's very interesting what's happening. So I, I greatly respect what some of the governors are doing in some of the states. I think they can solve the problem maybe better than the federal government.
1: Okay, but regarding the federal response, if the Republicans do retake the Congress, uh, as yeah. you're very much working toward in 2022, yeah. if you decide to run again and you win in 2024, in a potentially a hypothetical second Trump term, What can be done to counter the the power of these oligarchs?
2: Well, I think what can be done, and very strongly, and uh, when you say oligarchs, it's an interesting term, but I just say big tech, because what they do is illegal.
1: But they also silenced what should have been the biggest blockbuster story of the entire campaign. Uh, You know that, I certainly experienced this from the campaign side, the fact that the Hunter Biden laptop from hell story was completely censored and suppressed by big tech, in my view, that justifies labeling these operators as, as oligarchs. Is that fair?
2: Well, a lot of things are fair. Look, that was when we first had uh, silencio. That's when we first had silence with Hunter Biden because it was very bad for the Democrats. It was a very bad issue, and we'd bring it up. And I have to tell you, the New York Post was incredible. What they've done is incredible. And the abuse they took, it was, you know, I think it's a great newspaper, actually, and a lot of people are relying on it more and more. The New York Post has done an incredible job in that, in that regard, but they took tremendous abuse. But that's when you first saw silence. They silenced a newspaper. It's the oldest newspaper in our country, I believe, and it's a big one. Right. But they silenced a newspaper in our country because they were talking about Hunter Biden. And the Senate we held, if I weren't involved in the Senate races, nobody ever says this, I believe it would be 60 to 40 right now with the democrats leading by ten instead of fifty fifty and mitch mcconnell lost two seats that he should have had he kept talking about we're going to give you six hundred dollars they're going to give you two thousand dollars who can win a race like that right. he said you will not get a penny more to the public you will not get a penny more they're voting and they're saying two thousand and he's saying six hundred dollars he lost those two senate seats so we have fifty fifty i think you would be sixty forty if i weren't endorsing if you look at uh, alaska You look at Iowa, you looked at North Carolina, you look at many... Even Lindsey Graham said I helped him so much, and he's done a terrific job. I helped him a lot. And I got Mitch McConnell elected, if you can believe it. He was losing, and he came to me, he wanted help. And I gave him help, and he went up 20 points after I gave him help, and he won his election. But if I didn't get him help, he would have lost absolutely in Kentucky where I'm very popular. Um, I like them, I like them too, by the way.
1: <laughs> you, you've been very tough on Mitch McConnell, I think deservedly so, uh, but wouldn't the same criticisms also apply to Kevin McCarthy?
2: Uh, different. Uh, Kevin has had some bad moments, but he's, he's always come back and done what's right for the country. So it's different. It really is different. He had a couple of bad moments, but uh, it's a very interesting question. Different in that sense, yeah. Much Understood. different. Understood. And, and you know what? He's done... He's done a good job. Uh, Impeachment hoax, number one. We didn't have one negative vote. And for the second, we had not very many. And those people are all being primaried. I think every one of them, Liz Cheney, she's a disaster. I mean, Liz Cheney is being primaried in Wyoming. And Wyoming was my number one state. I think I won it by 57 points. No? 47 points, I guess. But I won it by number one. I think I won it by even more than Alabama and... West Virginia, all great states. But I want it by uh, 47 points, Wyoming.
1: You know, earlier you mentioned the Biden border crisis. There's uh, new reporting by some journalists in Tennessee that in the middle of the night, plane loads were landing in Chattanooga, Tennessee, full of migrant children. Nobody locally was informed about this. Every town is effectively becoming a border town now because of the Biden border crisis. What is the left, Joe Biden, his allies, what are they really after with this open borders lunacy?
2: They're gonna destroy this country. And forget about the children. They have people coming in from prisons. They have rapists. They have murderers. They have drug dealers. They have human traffickers, and they traffic in women mostly, which nobody likes to say. They traffic in women. Uh, They have people, the worst people anywhere in in this hemisphere in the world, coming into this country unchecked, being released in our country. And yeah, they are. They're releasing people in Tennessee. That never happened with me. Right. That's why Tennessee likes me. <laughs> but they're releasing them in areas that it just, I mean, it's horrible what's right. happening. And we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people. Again, we had the strongest border in history. We never had a border like this with me. And a big factor was that I built so much of the wall. What a difference it makes, like day and night. Also I got Mexico to go, 28,000 soldiers, free of charge because they didn't want to be tariffed, and because they also happen to have a very good president, I think a very smart president, a very good president. But we had the best border we've ever had. And overnight, like, stay in Mexico. I want to stay in Mexico. Now they stay in the United States, and they disappear into our country. We don't even know who these people are. They walk up, they can be murderers, they can be the worst, and they come into our country totally unchecked. It's very, very sad what's happening.
1: One last question, please, Mr. President, related to that. Joe Biden and his allies uh, in the media, teachers' unions, they seem to be changing the very definition of what it means to be an American citizen. What do you believe we should be teaching our children it means to be an American citizen? They
2: hate our country, and we love our country. We have to love this country. And if somebody doesn't like our country, they shouldn't be here But you look at what the way they're treating Israel now compared to what it was 15 years ago. 15 years ago, Israel was, you know, untouchable. I think nobody's done as much for Israel, frankly, as I have. If you take a look between the embassy in Jerusalem and the capital of Israel and all of the different things that I've done, and the Iran deal, which was such a disaster. And Golan Heights was a big deal. Everyone, you know, for 52 years they were trying to get Golan Heights. I got it done. But they've been a great ally. And really, you know, when you look at the way they're being treated right now, it's not even believable by Democrats. It's not believable. We have to love our country. And uh, you would almost think that the people that are allowing our country to be destroyed do not love our country. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Hey, I'm Rob Binnerty. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please join the conversation in the comments below. Don't forget to subscribe, too. Hit the bell icon to be alerted to breaking news. And remember, there's a whole lot more on Newsmax TV, America's fastest growing cable news network. Newsmax TV, where real news for real people.
0: And up next, we are going to listen to President Trump from June 16, 2021. He was interviewed by Sean Hannity. And he discussed, of all things, guess what? Joe Biden. And how did Joe Biden do at the G7 summit? Well, it was embarrassing. It was horrible. But let's hear what Donald Trump has to say about that. He's also going to talk about media censorship, where COVID-19 originated from, and a lot more. Here we go.
2: It's all coming in. I think the people understand it. I think that IN MANY WAYS, WE'RE STRONGER NOW THAN EVER BEFORE. THEY UNDERSTAND THE DECEPTION AND THE uh, the HORROR THAT THESE PEOPLE PUT THIS COUNTRY THROUGH. IT'S REALLY VERY SAD, ACTUALLY.
3: LET ME GO INTO THIS DOUBLE STANDARD ISSUE THAT I'VE BEEN DISCUSSING HERE. AND, and THAT IS, you, WE WENT THROUGH THREE YEARS AS A COUNTRY. AND I COVERED IT ALMOST EVERY NIGHT. EVERY MAJOR NEWSPAPER, TWO CABLE NETWORKS THAT ARE NOTHING BUT DEMOCRATIC PROPAGANDA, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS. THEY ALL GOT IT WRONG ABOUT TRUMP-RUSSIA COLLUSION. But now we know the truth. We know that Hillary Clinton paid for the dirty Russian misinformation dossier that even Christopher Steele doesn't stand by. And the the subsource doesn't stand by. That dossier she paid for was then used to spy on you as a candidate and a FISA court was lied to. And then it was used again to spy on you in your transition phase and then as a president. AND WE ALSO KNOW THAT MONEY FROM RUSSIA MADE IT TO A PROMINENT POLITICAL FAMILY IN AMERICA. THAT WOULD BE HUNTER BIDEN'S FAMILY. THAT WOULD BE JOE'S SON. Um, NOW, AGAIN, I ASK YOU, THAT WASN'T THE COVERAGE FOR THREE YEARS WHILE YOU WERE IN OFFICE, ACTUALLY FOUR IF YOU WANT TO INCLUDE UKRAINE. Um, WHAT DO YOU MAKE OF THE DOUBLE STANDARD? SOME PEOPLE EVEN GET PULITZERS OVER SUCH PHONY COVERAGE.
2: Well, they did get Pulitzers, and it turned out to uh, be—they got Pulitzers for absolutely incorrect and opposite reporting. It was uh, horrible reporting. And uh, there are many people that should have gotten Pulitzers where they had it right, but they were not considered, and it's a disgrace. I think Pulitzer is another one that's been disgraced by this whole last four-and-a-half-year period, five-year period. But literally from the day of that wonderful ride down the escalator, from that moment on, Uh, investigation after investigation, and the people that were guilty, uh, they they just float right through how it it wasn't done, Uh, DOJ didn't do anything about it. I guess they felt they want to be soft. Uh, This group doesn't feel that way. But you know what? I let that up to DOJ. I let that up to the people running DOJ. And I wasn't involved, I would say, that uh, probably maybe less involved than I should have been, and maybe I should have been forcing it. But a lot of uh, very guilty people were uh, not in any way prosecuted. And I'm talking about very, very serious uh, things. If you look at Comey and McCabe and the two lovers and all of the things that went on, and they weren't prosecuted, if you read the Horowitz report— and, of course, everyone's still waiting for Durham. What happened to Durham? How is that allowed to go into another administration? By the way, is he in the it's, witness it's, it's protection program?
3: I'd like to know where he is, too. Is he in the, I the I witness protection program? I don't know. He really disappeared. and it was so.
2: But you didn't even have to go into Durham. You could have just taken the Horowitz report. And I have a lot of respect for Mr. Horowitz, the IG. And he wrote a report that was devastating to Comey and... Devastating to McCabe, and they didn't do anything with it. It's incredible, actually, incredible. Very sad. They're very sad for the country. But you know, I guess they felt they shouldn't. And yet, this administration feels the exact opposite. If people don't do anything wrong, they want to go after them. Big difference. And it's uh, you know, it's a it's a tough standard. But hopefully, you have an attorney general now that will be uh, that will be fair. But I will say that the people running uh, the Justice Department—and the people in it, don't forget, you have tens of thousands of people, and they were put there by by Obama. They were put there by everybody. They were put there by a lot of people that came, including Clinton. But they were also put there by Bush. And, uh, you know, you see what goes on with that whole group. So you have a lot of people put in there by Bush and Clinton— you put there by Obama, and uh, then you put some in yourself, and you can't do anything about it, I guess. I don't know. But I think that they were very, very soft, and maybe rightfully so, but they were very, very soft, and uh, probably they wanted to be very fair, but a lot of people don't look at it that way. It's, uh, it's a shame. There was such guilt, and such a horrible thing happened. They were spying on my campaign. You know, if you think about it, all the way back, almost at the beginning, when i when I made a statement that my campaign was spied on, it was one of the biggest moments. It was nobody could believe it. Then it turned out that I was It was more than spied on, much worse than being spied on. But they didn't do anything about it. And uh, to me, that's a terrible thing for our country.
3: I don't see that Biden got anything from Putin. And I can't believe that American energy workers were were with a stroke of a pen, lost their high-paying career jobs for the same exact thing, the waiver that, that, that Biden gave on Nordstrom. I, I can't believe it. Let me ask you this. If you were still president, would you have given that waiver? And secondly, what would you be doing about the cyber attacks that are ongoing? Colonial pipeline, the attacks on our meat industry. How would you be handling that with Putin?
2: Well, on the waiver, nobody really uh, understands that I was the one that stopped it. I stopped it from being built. And I went to Germany, and I said, listen, we protect you with NATO at a very low cost. And they're very delinquent. You know, they're only paying half of what they're supposed to be paying. And what they're supposed to be paying is very low, 2 percent. And they're paying half. And so we protect you. We have 52,000 soldiers over there, which is like a major, major city, frankly. They make a fortune with us. And then they go and they pay Russia billions and billions of dollars for energy. So I said, so let's get this straight to Angola, I said, we protect you and the people that we protect you from, the country, uh, you're paying billions of dollars. How does that work? And there are others. So I got NATO to pay $430 billion more than they were paying because the United States was paying for almost all of it. I mean, think of it. We pay for their protection, and they excuse the word, they screw us on trade. That's the only word that's really descriptive enough because they are, in many ways, worse than China or as bad as China on trade. How many Chevrolets are being sold in Berlin? Not too many. How many Chevrolets are being sold in Paris? Not too many, maybe none. And yet, we sell their products, their wines and their cars and their Mercedes and their BMWs and everything else. We sell it all over our country. And all of that was stopping. We were ready to go. And then we got hit by the pandemic. And nobody did as good a job with the pandemic as we did. And that's why we're leading the world in terms of coming back. And that was all set long before Biden came in, including the fact that we came up with vaccines in less than nine months when A LOT OF PEOPLE, EVERYBODY SAID IT WAS GOING TO TAKE THREE TO FIVE YEARS AND YOU PROBABLY WOULDN'T BE SUCCESSFUL. AND IF WE WEREN'T SUCCESSFUL, Sean, I'LL TELL YOU THIS, YOU WOULD HAVE ANOTHER 1917 uh, TRAGEDY WHERE ALMOST 100 MILLION PEOPLE DIED. BUT WE WERE SUCCESSFUL, SO IT WAS A GREAT THING.
3: LET ME ASK YOU, IN YOUR SUMMITS AND IN YOUR CONVERSATIONS WITH PUTIN WHILE PRESIDENT, um, WHAT DID YOU LEARN ABOUT HIM? HAVE YOU SPOKEN TO HIM SINCE YOU LEFT OFFICE? And was it a mistake for Biden not to hold that joint press conference with Putin?
2: I got along really well with him. Uh, nobody was tougher in Russia, he would say that. But nobody would, was tougher in Russia. You never heard of uh, Nord Stream. You never heard of all of the things that we did w- in terms of sanctions, so many sanctions. And I would I was loving the idea of taking them off. I would have loved to have taken them off as soon as they got their act together i think we had a you know a great shot at having an unbelievable relationship with russia uh it could have been fantastic it could have been really beneficial to both countries you know they need economics and we need things that they have where they have very valuable land in terms of mineral rights and many other things and a lot of good things could have happened i had a very good relationship with putin but nobody treated him tougher. He understands. Nobody ever heard of the pipeline until I got involved. And I said, wait a minute, the pipeline's going to Germany and all over Europe. What's going on? Why are we protecting you people? You know, again, and I, I just, uh, it was just unbelievable. I got so much for that. And to give up the stoppage, I mean, we I stopped it. And to give it up. And then if you you see what they did, and the number is really 48,000, not 8,000. But you see what they did with the Keystone XL pipeline, where they stopped it almost on the first day, and that was never mentioned during the debate. I kept saying, you know, you're not going to be energy independent. You're not going to do for Pennsylvania, for Texas, for all of these places where we're doing so well with energy. We're not going to be energy independent in two months from now. They're making windmills all over the place to ruin our land and kill our birds, to kill everything. We're not going to be, and they're very intermittent, as you learn from watching uh, over the last four months. It's intermittent energy. It's not good. It's not going to power our great factories. And it's a real real problem.
3: Yeah, there there was a question of what there was a question of whether Ukraine would join NATO. And Biden's answer is they have to clean up corruption. And OK, so they can't join NATO because they got to clean up corruption. But his son made a fortune and he leveraged a billion dollars and bragged about it of U.S. tax dollars. And this is a big issue to you because you went over an impeachment over this. Um, Leveraged a billion dollars to get a prosecutor in Ukraine fired. He's got six hours to do it. And son of a B, they did it. Now, I'm just imagining if they're too corrupt to join NATO, how come it's okay then for Hunter to make all that money when he admitted on Good Morning America, he had no experience in energy, gas... Uh, Ukraine, and got millions of dollars. What if your son's got millions of dollars for that with no experience? Well, when
2: he said that, I was very surprised that he said it because he said basically Ukraine is corrupt. And that was the whole purpose of what was going on. And frankly, we had an obligation, even a legal obligation. You know, We have an agreement signed with Ukraine. And that agreement says you got to be honest. You got to run a straight country. And uh, they don't do that. And when I saw that statement, I was surprised because I guess you hear different numbers, but it's $183,000 a month for his son uh, to consult on energy from an energy company in Ukraine, to consult on energy, but he admits that he knows nothing about energy. The whole thing is just terrible. Uh, The money from Russia, three and a half million dollars from the wife of the mayor of Moscow, the former mayor of Moscow, we no longer have a fair and free press. Whether you like it or not, and I hate to say it to you because you're a big believer in the press despite what you go through, but we no longer have a free and fair press.
3: I I said in 2007, sir, I I wish I came up with fake news, but I did say journalism in America is dead, and I don't think I was wrong. I think I probably understated it. Let Let me ask this. Um, because two weeks, last week, Joe Biden said to our military that global warming was the biggest threat they faced. The week before, he had said white supremacy is the biggest threat to America. Um, I don't know. I think China, Russia, North Korea, the Iranian mullahs might be bigger threats, radical Islamic terrorism. What's your reaction to that answer?
2: Well, he said that the uh, military told him and the generals that which was—I can't believe that, but uh, maybe, but they shouldn't be working as generals any longer, that— Global warming is our biggest threat. Now, when you look at China and you look at the military apparatus, which I was really doing a big job on. I have a very good relationship there, too. It was a fantastic relationship until COVID or the China virus came in. And after that, you know, we made a great trade deal Where the farmers of this country and the manufacturers are doing fantastically because of that trade deal. Farmers are doing better than they've ever done now. And that's because of what I did, not because of what these guys did. And uh we did a, a fantastic thing. But when you look at it and when you look at what happened, Sean, and uh you you see that horrible that horrible thing that came at us from China and came at us from the Wuhan the Wuhan lab, uh it changed my whole line of thinking and, and you just I I really hope and I believe it was an accident. It was incompetence. I guess some people don't necessarily agree with that. They think maybe there was purpose to it, which would be uh, absolutely terrible. But we have to find out more about it. Why did it happen? How did it happen? How could anybody be so incompetent? And that is not a group of incompetent people. So, well, yes, president, can I add one thing, thing here. I, I believe it. I believe it was a terrible accident, but I believe it came from the lab. And I don't, I think why would you think, think it's an accident?
3: We, all, we, we knew there was actually video out now of bats in the Wuhan Virology Lab. Uh, we knew that they studied coronaviruses. And we now know from the emails from the uh, great Dr. Fauci, Flip Flopper, that, that gain of function research was being done there. So it seems like the most logical conclusion. The only question is is there a possibility that U.S. tax dollars help pay for the gain of function leading to COVID 19?
2: Well, we ended that, John. And when we heard about it, I ended that. But that started in uh, 2014 under Obama. And uh, when I heard about it, we ended it very rapidly. I said, Can you imagine? And it wasn't even Wuhan, it was just that we were paying China on top of everything else. We're now paying for. Uh, their research and other things ridiculous. So we ended that as uh, soon as we heard about it, and we did a lot of things against China. Not that I want to be against China, because I had a great relationship with President Xi, a lot of respect for him. But uh, I banned China from coming into the country in, very early, before anybody. Fauci, and Nancy Pelosi was dancing in the streets of January Chinatown 31st. and San Francisco, and. Uh, they were all saying what I did was uh, xenophobic and horrible and racist. And uh, then they said four months later, I saved thousands and thousands of lives. But I banned China from coming in. And uh, it's lucky I did. And then I banned Europe from coming in because you saw what was happening, especially in certain countries in Europe. And I banned Europe from coming in. And everybody said that was terrible. But we saved tens of thousands of lives. And now we have to get back and the schools have to get open and frankly uh we're lucky we have the vaccine but the vaccine on very young people is something that you got to really stop. You have to get back to to running your country. I mean, I don't see reasons and I am a big believer in what we did with the vaccine. It's incredible what we did. You see the results. But to have every school child where it's 99.99%, they just don't, you know, they're just not affected or affected badly. Having to receive a vaccine, I think is something that you should start thinking about because I think it's unnecessary.
3: You want China to pay $10 trillion, don't you?
2: Well, the number is much higher than that, but there's only so much they can pay. And that's to us and the world is, uh, the number is bigger throughout the world. Look, countries have been destroyed over what they did, and whether by accident or not—and I would hope that it was accident. I hope that it was through incompetence or an accident. But when you look, whether it was by an accident, whether it was whatever it is, uh, this—you look at these countries, they'll never, ever be the same. Our country was hit so hard, but other countries were hit much harder. Look at what's going on in India now. You know, they used to say, oh, look how well India's doing, because they were always looking for an excuse. Look how well India's doing. The fact is that India's just been devastated now, and virtually every country has been devastated. No, I think think, uh, that's one of the reasons that I feel it's very important to find out where it came from, how it came. I think I know. I mean, I feel certain about it. But certainly— China should help right now. Their economy and our economy are the two economies that are coming that are coming back the fastest. I mean, if you think about it uh, in certain ways, maybe they were they benefited very greatly. I mean, very, very greatly. And I can tell you they benefited with the U.S. because we were in a process of doing things where we caught up to China at a level that nobody thought was possible. And once the China virus came in, We had to take a very different look you know the world changed the whole world changed you didn't think about the economics you think you thought about saving people and saving lives so the world changed it was a different
0: whole different ball
2: game we did we did the great trade deal a big piece of it but we did the great trade deal and it helped a lot of people manufacturers and farmers in particular but but you know after after that horrible disease floated in from china However, it came in, and it came in through numerous ways. Once that disease came in from China, I had a whole different attitude. It was a terrible thing.
3: Let me ask you about, let me go back to the campaign, and I'm going to play a tape for you here. Um, I've compared Joe Biden. I've shown video of him from 2012, 2016. He, I called, you know, he lived in his basement bunker throughout most of the campaign in 2020. I I used to argue he was in the big tech media mob protection program, and they let him hide and get away without answering many questions. Did the bare minimum of anybody campaigning. And I have a highlight reel that I put together, but I'm, I'm saving that for another day. But this happened at the G7. Joe's had a lot of these... Um, Cognitive misfires, let's call it that. And this is the one that he had, because he had called Putin a killer. Then he was asked about it. He didn't want to give that answer because he's about to meet with Putin. And your reaction to Joe and and do you think he's up to the job physically, mentally? Let me play this.
2: Vladimir Putin laughed at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer? <laughs> The answer to the first question? (laughs) I'm laughing, too. They actually, I... Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that, uh... uh, The answer is, I believe he has, in the past, essentially acknowledged that he was... uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do.
3: You know, I do make fun of it, but in all seriousness, Mr. President, that scares the hell out of me. Have you noticed the same well, thing Well, maybe I The see? only
2: time I've ever disagreed with you is about the age, because I guess Joe is going on to be 79 fairly soon. And that's not old, relatively speaking. I know Bernie Marcus, a great gentleman, founder of Home Depot.
0: Oh, uh, Bernie Sanders is older. He's a
2: hundred percent. I spoke to him. He's a hundred percent. And other people are in their 90s and 80s, and they're doing great. So, you know, his age is not the problem and look I hope he has no problems I want him to do well I want him to go out and do well uh, I think the election was unbelievably unfair but I want this guy to go out and do well for our country I don't want to see a scene like that I watched that yesterday I thought it was terrible it was terrible nobody knew what was happening
3: let me, ask, let me move on to the economy WE NOW HAVE INFLATION, WE NOW HAVE JOBS THAT PEOPLE AREN'T TAKING, AND BUSINESSES NOW ARE, are TURNING DOWN THE FEDERAL GOVERNMENT'S EXTENDED UNEMPLOYMENT uh, BENEFITS, uh, THE PRICE OF LUMBER THROUGH THE ROOF, THE PRICE OF GASOLINE UP AN, a- an AVERAGE $1.10 PER GALLON. The price to heat and cool your home is up. The price of meat is skyrocketing. Lumber is skyrocketing. Every item that you buy in any store that is delivered by a truck, you are paying a lot more for. And I'm looking at it, and, in, and we're getting rid of energy independence, which you gave us as president for the first time in 75 years. What is your take on the state of the economy and the impact the current border crisis has on it? And I want, I'll do a follow-up on that.
2: So the lumber is really a, a function of uh, supply and demand. We have so much, but they're putting environmental restrictions on trees now that are so bad. And we're trying to make deals with Canada. I can tell you from personal experience, Canada is very, very tough. Uh, Canada is uh, as tough as anybody. They, they, it's very unfair the way Canada treats us. And I had it down to a science. It was so good. It was so, we were doing so well. Everything was coming down. We signed the uh, USMCA, Mexico, Canada, but we were not being taken advantage of anymore. And I was going to tariff the hell out of their cars coming into the United States if they did, and they knew it. And as soon as I left, they started playing games. And now you look at lumber prices, because we get a lot from Canada, and you look at what's going on with milk and the fact that they don't take us— But we take them. So many things they did to the farmer that I straightened out, and now it's going back to worse than it was because there's nobody there complaining about it. Now, Canada treats this country very, very badly. So does Europe, by the way, and China you know about. But as I say, in many ways, Europe treats us just as badly as China.
3: Let 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 me ask this question And I want to ask it, and I'll ask you about 2022 and 2024 in a minute. It seems to me that conservatism, and I remember, and maybe you do it or you don't, when you were thinking about running for president, times that I'd interview you in private conversations we'd have at the time, I explained what I believed in. I really haven't changed much. I believe in liberty, freedom, capitalism, our constitution, low taxes, less government interference, bureaucracy a constitutionalist on the bench, school choice, law and order, safety and security so people can pursue happiness, free market solutions for health care, including protecting pre-existing conditions. I want secure borders. Uh, I absolutely, positively want energy independence for a lot of reasons and free and fair trade and peace through strength. That pretty much sums up Sean Hannity's philosophy. It was talk that you are considering maybe laying out the Trump America first, make America great again agenda, how close is my lifelong held beliefs to what you would put on paper if you ever considered it, and are you considering it?
2: Well, I am. And frankly, if you think of it, that's
3: what I've been doing and talking about for a long time. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to subscribe to Fox News YouTube page and catch our hottest interviews and most compelling analysis. You will not get it anywhere else.
0: All right. I do hope you enjoyed those two interviews. Uh, The first one from May 25th, 2021. Donald Trump on Newsmax, the second one from June 16th, 2021, with Sean Hannity. Little special thing here. Now we're gonna go to just this is just a five-minute clip here of the uh U.S. House of Representative Jim Jordan. And he is talking about America's freedom during the House ju- Judiciary Hearing with the FBI director, Christopher Ray. All right, and um thank you all again for joining me for this uh special bonus show here. And keep truth alive. I made these because um, I feel it's important to hear Donald Trump's side of all of this instead of just the media gaga and how bad he is. So now you've heard it for yourself. Let's hear what Jim Jordan has to say. God bless you all. For his opening statement.
4: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Director, Wright, thank you for being here. Over the past several years, Americans have seen their liberties attacked every right every right we enjoy under the First Amendment has been assaulted, every single one. Your right to worship, your right to assemble, your right to petition, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, every single one. There are places today where a full congregation can still not meet on a Sunday morning. Your right to assemble, four weeks ago, I spoke to the New Mexico Republican Party in Amarillo, Texas. They had to go to Texas for freedom because they weren't allowed to assemble in their own state. Your right to petition your government, We sat here today on Capitol Hill having an important hearing with the director of the FBI, but our constituents can't come to their Capitol, lobby their member of Congress to redress their grievances because the Speaker of the House won't let him in. Freedom of the press, maybe the best example is, the President won't go to the border, the Vice President won't go to the border. When Secretary Mayorkas went to the border, he wouldn't let the press in the very facilities he was touring, and of course, freedom of speech, we all know what's happened to that, big tech, censoring conservatives, the cancel culture mob attacking anyone who disagrees with them, deplatforming the sitting president of the United States, democrats writing letters to the network carriers telling them to take certain news organizations off their network, off their uh, not off their platform. Freedom is under attack and director a lot of Americans think you're part of the problem. Before you got there, the Comey FBI spied on the Trump campaign. Over the last three years, the FBI labeled the baseball field shooting where our friend and colleague, Steve Scalise, was shot, labeled that suicide by cop for three years. We know the guy set out to go after Republicans. He had a piece of paper in his pocket with six Republican names on it. Somehow, the FBI thought it was suicide by cop. Thank goodness you've changed that. More recently, the FBI raided the New York apartment of Mayor Giuliani. The president's personal lawyer former u.s attorney ran the southern district of new york office according to press accounts he said he was willing to give whatever information you all wanted whatever the justice department wanted but no you kicked in his door instead how about the couple in alaska paul and marilyn huper they sure witnessed an attack on their liberty in an up close and personal way the FBI kicked in their door, handcuffed them, held them at gunpoint, interrogated them for four hours in their own home. There was just one problem. They had the wrong people, had the wrong people. Took their phones, took their laptop, took a pocket-sized copy of the Constitution. There's gotta be some irony in that. And then there's FISA. 2018 FISA Court Judge, uh, judge Bosberg said there were major privacy violations by the FBI 2019, Inspector General Horowitz did uh, two uh, two investigations. First one was on the Carter Page FISA application. He found 17 errors in that, 151 wrong or unsupported statements in that FISA application. 17 errors, 51 wrong statements. That's a nice way of saying 68 lies that were taken to the FISA court. Mr. Horowitz then looked at 25 randomly sampled. Uh, FISA applications, specifically the Woods file, the underlying documents that supports what's taken to the court. In every single one, he said there was a problem. Every, all 25. In four of them, he couldn't even find the Woods file. But the last time the director was in front of us, February of last year, you told us everything was fine. You said this, quote, Americans should not lose sleep over the FISA application process. But just two months ago, Judge Boesberg was back with another report and he said there are, quote, apparent widespread violations by the FBI of the standards they have in place to deal with Section 702 of FISA, which raises a sort of fundamental question. Why are you using the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, Act to spy on Americans, Director? I appreciate the tough job you have and, and the, the good work the good work that the vast majority of your agents, I think, do. But freedom-loving Americans have concerns about their liberty, but I think they also have concerns about the opportunity cost. When you're kicking in the door of the president's lawyer, when you're interrogating an innocent couple for four hours, when you're spying on Americans, then by definition, that means there are fewer resources going to stop terrorists at our southern border, stopping cyber attacks, prosecuting Antifa, terrorists, and other rioters who attack law enforcement, small businesses, the capital and did over a billion dollars of damage over the last year. And frankly, there that, that also means there's fewer resources to figure out where this virus started. So I, we're going to have some tough questions for you, Director. We appreciate you being here, and we trust that you're going to answer our questions. You're going to answer them directly. Because again, when you think about what Americans have had to live through, the rights that they have that have been infringed as, as, as citizens of this great country, It's a serious time, and so we hope you'll answer the tough questions that will come from the Republican side. With that, Mr. Chairman, I yield back.